man in the boondocks Lord have mercy can't help being man in the boondocks Hey and welcome to Bad in the Boondocks as always I am your host Stan Yep and I'm Drew We're glad to be here with you today A few little housekeeping calls First, I'm working on building a brand new, great pod, um, podcast website. I'll keep you informed as to when that will go live. Um, get in touch with us at um, badintheboondocks at gmail.com. Also, we're glad to be, we're going to be attending the podcast festival, True Crime Podcast Festival in Chicago in July. Get your tickets, look up um, True Crime Pod Fest, and get your tickets. If you get tickets, please mention us on your ticket registration. Mention our podcast. We hope to see you there. We really want to meet some of you, all of you actually, <laughs> and uh, get in touch with us. Visit our Facebook page. Uh, go to Facebook and look up Bad in the Boondocks, or Twitter. What is that? Um, it's at, at- Bad boondocks yeah that's right all right and i think that that is all of the housekeeping for today so i think i'm gonna start today because i think that you started last yeah first last time i think i did i think and the time before that if i'm not mistaken wait yeah no Anyway, I'm starting first today. All right, you can go ahead. I've been in Florida, actually, the past week, so it's been pretty hectic. Um, but Drew's been here partying down hardcore style. Mm. Um, <clears throat> well, I am doing Fred and Rosemary. Have you ever heard of them? No. Fred and Rosemary West. Well, they're from Britain. They were a killer couple, very twisted killer couple. And it was twisted in fact that Rosemary, she did some of it on her own. So she wasn't just like a beat up housewife that was forced to do this. She enjoyed it. Okay. I'm going to start out talking a little bit about their backgrounds. Fred was born in the small town of Muckmarkle in Heron. Fort Shire, and I probably really destroyed that name. Sorry, all the people from the UK. (laughs) He was the second of the six children of Walter Stephen West and Daisy Hannah Hill. By Fred's own account, sexual abuse of various kinds were common in the household. He claimed that his father had sexual relationships with his daughters, and he taught him bestiality, and that would be sex with animals. Mm-hmm. It has some people teach their children how to fish. Some people teach their children how to screw it up. Yeah. It has also been suspected that Fred's mother started sexually abusing him when he was twelve, though he never admitted to it, and it has never been confirmed. Like the stories about his father. Neither have Fred's claims that he also engaged in incest and even impregnated one of his sisters. Oh, my God. 
Okay, so the dog didn't get an oh my dog, oh my god, but the sister did. I mean, it is sick, but I also feel the dog grosses <laughs> me out even more. I don't know. Regardless, Fred and his mother were very close. When he was physically punished for doing badly in school, where he showed some aptitude at woodwork and artwork. Those were his two fortes. His mother, who was very obese and often dressed very unattractively for her obesity, mm-hmm. often would go to his school in person and yell at the teachers for doing so. So he kind of would get picked at because she was Bad. like a blue whale in ugly clothes. Yeah. Fred left school at the age of 15, even though he was almost illiterate, and he got a job as a farmhand. When he was 16, his looks improved, because he was not that great looking as a child, and he became more attractive to girls. At the age of 17, he was in a motorcycle accident that put him in a coma for a week, led to him having a metal plate operated into his head and breaking one of his legs so badly that it was actually permanently shorter than the other leg. Afterward, he got a bad temper and often had violent outbursts of anger. Two years after the incident, Fred hurt his head yet again when he stuck his hand up a girl's skirt and she pushed him down from a fire escape. Oh my God. When he was 19, he was convicted of molesting a 13-year-old girl, even though he didn't serve any jail time because his doctor said he suffered from epileptic fits. So I'm guessing the seizure made him molest the girl. He wasn't really molesting her. I guess he was having a seizure and his hand might have grasped inside. That's not believable, but... Well, the courts obviously believed it. Afterwards, he was sent to live with his sister and was practically drowned, I meant disowned by the rest of his family. Fred got a job in construction but was fired for stealing from his workplace. When Fred was 21, his family led him back into their lives and he moved back to Muckmarkle. Mm-hmm. It's either Muck or Much Markle. I mean, it's spelt much, but I'm thinking as a name, it might be Muck. I'll say Muck. I'm not sure. Just say Muck. You can Muckle. get... Shoot us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Please. What is it? <laughs> Where he resumed a romantic relationship with an ex-girlfriend named Catherine Rena Costello, who had been a petty th- thief when they first dated and moved on to prostitution. Though Rena was already pregnant with the child of a Pakistani man, They married and kept the child. Mm -hmm. To explain why the baby was half Asian, Fred and Rena write to the parents and say that the baby had died in childbirth and that her child, a girl she named Charmaine Carroll, was adopted. They married in November, only two months after getting back together, and moved to Scotland together. Fred demanded sex from Rena daily and wasn't too interested in regular sex. 
The couple had a child of their own in July of 1964, a daughter named Anne Marie. During their rocky marriage, Fred worked as an ice cream truck driver, a job that gave him plenty of access to available young women. Their life in Scotland came to an end when Fred accidentally ran over a four-year-old boy with his truck. Though the accident wasn't his fault, Fred moved with his family as well as Isa McNeil, who took care of their children, and Anna McFall, which was a friend of Costello, to Gloucestershire, where he got a job at a slaughterhouse. When her marriage finally collapsed, Costello went back to Scotland alone, but came back in July of 1966 because she missed her daughter, only to discover that Fred had started a relationship with McFall. In 1967, McFall became pregnant with Fred's child and tried to get him to divorce Costello. In response, he killed, dismembered, and buried her. So I'm guessing it was a no on that. Yeah. Costello finally left Fred a few months later, leaving their children with him. Fred is suspected to have killed again in January of 1968 when 15-year-old Mary... Bastholm disappeared from a bus stop. After the death of his mother in February, Fred started committing a lot of petty thefts and changed jobs a lot. It was during a stint as a bakery truck driver that he met his future wife and accomplice, Miss Rosemary Letts. Miss Rosemary Letts, get it on. That could have been that his pickup line. That was the worst joke I've ever heard. That might have been his pickup line, and it worked. Okay. It was great. Okay. Rosemary was born as Rosemary Letts. Okay. She was born in Devon, England in 1953. Her household was troubled and abusive. Her father, Bill Letts, was a schizophrenic who constantly disciplined her, her siblings, and her mother. Daisy, while Daisy had been pregnant with Rosemary, she had received electroconvulsive therapy as a treatment for her severe depression. Growing up, Rosemary was sexually abused by her father. Because she wasn't very bright and she was a bit overweight, she was often teased and responded by attacking her bullies aggressively. When she was a teenager, she became more sexually active and was even caught getting into bed with one of her younger brothers and sexually fondling him. Of course. Because her figure and her father's rules prevented her from dating boys at her own age, she pursued relationships with older men where she lived. One of them took advantage of her and raped her. When Rosemary was 15, her mother finally had enough of her husband's abuse and she took Rosemary and moved in with one of her adult daughters and her husband. Rosemary started spending even more time with male companions. Later the same year, Rosemary surprisingly moved back in with her father. Not long afterwards, she met Fred West, who was 12 years older than her. In spite of the way he had treated her, Rosemary's father strongly objected to her seeing Fred. <clears throat> and even went to the trailer park where he lived with his two daughters and threatened him. 
while Fred did several stints in jail for thefts and also failures to pay his fines for previous offenses, Rosemary became pregnant with his child, a girl named Heather, and took care of his children on her own. Because of her temper problems and her resentment about caring for children who weren't hers, she often treated her de facto stepdaughters very badly. In the summer of 1971, Rosemary apparently snapped and killed Charmaine, mm-hmm. one of the stepdaughters. After severing the body's fingers and toes, Fred buried it under the kitchen floor. In August of 1971, Costello disappeared when she came looking for Charmaine. Because her body was found to have had its fingers and toes cut off. You know how bad that would smell, though? Yeah. Burying a body under the under kitchen. The front of your kitchen. I meant, like, do it in the, under the bathroom, maybe. Yeah. Not where you want to be smelling good like good food. Yeah. Or put them in the septic tank. <clears throat> Which I'm not sure how much she cooked or anything, so. Probably none. Um... Though they married on January 29th of 1972, Fred encouraged Rosemary to have sex with other men, both for money and for just the fun of it. And he would often watch her having sex with these other men through a peephole that he made. What a creep. In June of 1908, he also took erotic photos of her and posted them in Swinger magazines as ads for prostitution. In June of 1972, they had another daughter together named Mae West. In order to make room for their expanding family and Rosemary's business, a.k.a. prostitution, they moved to 25 Cromwell Street where they carried out their rapes and their murders. Rosemary continued working as a prostitute from their home in a room fitted with peepholes for Fred to use and a red light outside that would be lit to tell the children not to enter. Wow. You don't have to put on the red light tonight. Roxanne. What? Roxanne, you don't have to put on that red light. I don't know. I may have heard it, but... You've heard it. I've heard it, but I don't... Your song descriptions it's are the exact so, words of it. so bad, though. It's the I exact think, words. Yeah, but you never do the, like, the tone of it. Oh, my God. Roxanne. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay, you don't have to. You don't have to put on the red light. Okay, now light. I know it. Okay. Another, over the following years, she gave birth to seven more children, one of which three were fathered by Fred. The others were fathered by who knows who. Another may have been conceived by Rosemary and her own father, who kept engaging in incest with her, even after she gave birth to her fourth child. So, her and her father were very close, to say the least. Mm -hmm. The other three, who were of mixed races, were all fathered by her clients. In October of 1972, 
Fred and Rosemary hired a young woman named Caroline Owens to work for them as a nanny for their children. They kept making sexual advances on her, but she politely declined every time. Mm -hmm. One night in December, after they both unsuccessfully tried to seduce her, she tried to leave only to be held captive overnight. When Fred threatened to let some of his friends have her, and that he would then kill her, she complied. She said, sure. Okay. The next day, she was released. Though she pressed charges, Fred was able to convince the court that the acts she was forced into had been consensual. So he and Rosemary were instead fined $50 for indecent assault. Wow, isn't that a punishment? Over the next six years, they killed at least eight young women who made their way to 25 Cromwell Street as lodgers or employees together. The first was Linda Goh, a seamstress the West knew personally. Next was Carol Ann Cooper, who disappeared while walking home from a movie theater. In December, Lucy Catherine Partington disappeared from a bus stop while on her way home after Christmas. She was murdered by Fred and Rosemary, who abducted her, held her captive for a week over New Year, raped her, tortured her, then killed her. On January 3rd, Fred was treated for a laceration, which is believed to have been inflicted when he dismembered Partington. From 1974 to 1979, five more women. Therese, and I do not know how to pronounce the last name, Thaler. I'm sorry, Therese. Siegenthaler. I think, Siegenthaler. Yeah, I think that's right. Okay. Shirley Hubbard, Juanita Marion, Shirley Ann Robinson, and Allison Chambers met the same fate of death. It's unknown if the West killed more over the following years. If they did, which is not improbable, the bodies weren't buried on their property because they buried these people like underneath their garden. Yeah. Yeah, and they would threaten their children, you know, you better behave or you're mm-hmm. going to wind up where oh, like the others are. Okay. Some of the girls are known to have been abducted, raped, and then released. While committing murders, Fred also sexually abused Anne-Marie West, his daughter from his relationship with Rena Costello. She wow. eventually became pregnant. But the pregnancy had to be terminated because it occurred in her fallopian tube. Which is not where you want that to occur. Okay. When she left home, he started abusing Heather West, who was conceived by Rosemary and possibly her own father, and one of his own daughters, Mae West. Fred disposed of the victims by burying them under the garage of the house or in the garden. To cover up the frequent burials, he pretended to be doing regular home improvement. In order to afford the supplies needed, he frequently stole and fenced the loot. Even though he was often brought to the police's attention for this reason, his killings went unnoticed. The couple came close to being exposed in 1986 when Heather told her friends about the abuse she suffered. In June of the next year, Fred and Rosemary strangled her to death 
to silence her. She was then dismembered and buried in the garden. The Wests were finally exposed in May of 1992 when Fred videotaped himself raping one of his daughters. See, it always ends whenever you start videotaping stuff. It's that technology. Yep. Posting it on Facebook or YouTube. Yep. Or Vimeo. Is that a real thing? Uh, Vimeo? Oh, I didn't even know that. Wow. Aren't you like... You're a youngster, you should know. I meant not really, but... Whatever. That internet. (laughs) That magical thing. When she told her friends, one of them reported the West to the police. The investigating officer, Hazel Savage, had heard of Fred while he was in a relationship with Rena Costello. Mm, What a savage. I know. He was very savage. (laughs) When another girl raped by Fred came forward, the police obtained a search warrant. In August, they searched the house for evidence of child abuse. Fred was arrested for rape and sodomy of a minor, and Rose was arrested as an accomplice. While they were being processed, their younger children were placed in the care of the government. While Fred was in custody, Rosemary became very depressed and she even attempted suicide once but was saved by one of her sons. Unfortunately, the rape case fell apart when the victims backed out. Meanwhile, Savage became increasingly savage. No, I'm just kidding. Suspicious <laughs> of the West's past, the disappearance of Heather, and the results of the interviews of the West's children, especially that they had been threatened by Fred that they would be buried under the patio like Heather if they told anybody. Mm-hmm. She was able to obtain another search warrant to have the property dug up. The task was simplified when Fred confessed to Heather's murder in custody. When human bones started cropping up, Fred confessed to having committed the murders alone in order to protect Rosemary. However, he would not admit to raping any of his victims, saying that they had wanted to have sex with him. Soon enough, the bodies of Anne McFall and Charmaine West turned up as well. Seeking to protect herself, Rosemary cut off all contact with her husband. On December 13th of 1994, he was charged with a dozen counts of murder. On New Year's Day, he hung himself in his cell at Winston Green Prison with a knotted bedsheet. His body was cremated and his funeral unattended except for five of his children. Rosemary was also put on trial in the end, first for rape, but then for murder as well. She never confessed to any murder, and the evidence against her was largely circumstantial. An important witness was Janet Leach, Fred's appropriate adult, who revealed that Fred had told her that Rosemary had been involved in the murders and even is the one that killed Charmaine West and Shirley Robinson on her own. On November 22, 1995, Rosemary was found guilty of 10 murders and sentenced to life in prison. She will never be released. Though she maintains her innocence, she announced in 2001 that she will not try to appeal her conviction. In 1996, 
25 Cromwell Street was completely demolished and the site was turned into a pathway. Oh, okay. And that would be the sophistications of Fred and Rosemary West. Mm-hmm. Aren't you glad you don't have parents like that? Yeah. See, your life could have been so much worse. Yeah, I could be buried in the garden, the which patio. we don't have. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't have it. Well, up under the kitchen. <laughs> You'd be thrown in the trash hole. Oh and burnt. Gosh. We do have a trash <laughs> hole. And burnt. Yeah, that sucks. So what you got for us? All right. Um, I've got Tommy Lynn Sales. Tommy Lynn. Yeah. All right. Tommy Lynn Sells and his twin sister, Tammy Jean, were born in Oakland, California on June 28, 1964. His mother, Nina Sells, was a single mother with three children, with three other children at the time the twins were born. Once they moved to St. Louis, Missouri at the age of 18 months, both, tw- both twins contracted spinal meningitis. This killed Tammy Jean, and Tommy survived. How old were they? 18 months. Okay. Um, after he was better, he was sent to live with his aunt, Bonnie Walpole, in Holcomb, Missouri. At the age of five, he was sent back to live with his mother after she found out that Bonnie wanted to adopt him. Sales was left to fend for himself most of the time, and by age seven, he was drinking alcohol and rarely attended school. At this time, he started hanging out with a guy from the nearby town. This guy gave him gifts and attention, but later he was found guilty of child molestation with Sales, who was eight at the time, being one of his victims. Mm. Sales had a rough time from the age of 10 to 13. At the age of 10, he had stopped attending school completely and started smoking that marijuana and still drinking alcohol. That darn wacky weed. Yep. The gateway drug. When Sales was 13, he climbed into his grandmother's bed naked, and by this time, Tommy's mother had had enough. And left his grandmom. Yeah. Oh. Wow. That, that's pretty nasty, actually. Well, anyways, his mother left him by herself. Tommy Sales was full of rage, and as a teenager, he attacked his first female victim by hitting her with a pistol until she was unconscious. He now, with no home and no family, began to move from town to town working odd jobs and stealing when he needed it. Sales claimed he killed the first victim when he was 16. He said he broke into a home and killed a man who was performing oral sex on a young boy. He also claimed that he shot and killed a man by the name of John Cade Singer in July 1979, after Cade called him burglarizing his home. In May 1981, he moved back in with his family in Little Rock, Arkansas, but was later kicked out. After Nina reported, he tried to have sex with her while she was taking a shower. Mm. Sales is now back on the streets, hopping from train to train to get to his next destination. 
He later confessed to killing two more people in Arkansas in 1983. Have you ever wondered how that really works, hopping on train to train? I mean, do you just... I think in this case, it may be a figure of speech. No, I don't. I don't know. But I'm not sure. But there it's, are train hoppers. There are. I mean, you just, just seems kind of difficult. I mean, if you, they're not. I mean, I guess you would wait till the train stops. Well, I mean, <laughs> you don't really have to. I mean, they don't go really fast. Like if you run at your full speed. Yeah, but then you could like put your arm out and grip onto it, and then go the same speed as the train. You know? I guess you could, but yeah, you well, don't know where you're gonna end up either. <laughs> I guess not, but I mean, if you're running from the laws, yeah, I guess pretty you don't good care. option. Well, only one murder was confirmed with this, um, of the killing of Hal Atkins. Sales was caught in May 1984 of car theft and was sent to prison for two years. Once he was released in the following February, he failed to follow the terms of probation. Sales met a woman named Ina Cord... Cord... I don't know. It's got... Spell it. Okay. C-O-R-D-T. See, it's like... Corded. Oh, court. Corded. Court. Court. Yes, it's that... The D is kind of just a... Yeah, well, she was age <laughs> 35. And her four-year-old son... Mm-hmm. Okay, yes, yes, yes. He met her and her four-year-old son while he was working at a county fair in Missouri. Cord invited him back to her home, but when he caught her going through his knapsack, he beat her and her son with the baseball bat. Hmm. Their bodies were found three days later. On September 1984, Sales crashed his car from drunk driving and was sent to jail until May 16, 1986. After after being released, he went to Arkansas Pass in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> there he was hospitalized for an overdose on heroin. After he was released from the hospital, he stole a car and headed to Fremont, California. While he was there, police believe he was involved in two other murder- murders of Jennifer Dewey, age 20, who was shot to death, and... Michelle Xavier, who aged 19, whose throat was cut. In October 1987, Sales was living with 20-year-old Stephanie Shro in Winnemucca, Nevada. That's a name, too. You yeah. got some good uh, place names yeah. there. There, he drug struck. He what? Stroh. <laughs> <laughs> what? I, I think that is Stroh. But I'm just saying, like, Stroh. Because it's got an H at the end, so. Or Strow? Is it S-T what? It's S-T-R-O-H, so Strow. Strow? Strow. I don't know. Something like that. (laughs) Strow. Strow. Sounds like South Park. Let's get high. It was that marijuana they made him get into heroin and stuff. I told you, that's a gateway drug. Mm Mm-hmm. There he drugged straw uh-uh. with, <laughs> with LSD and strangled her. He got rid of the body by putting concrete on her feet and throwing her into a hot spring in the desert. There's hot springs in... It's hot in the desert. A desert? I guess. So technically it's a spring, but it's I just guess. hot because the desert's hot. 
no, it's probably a natural hot spring, but at least one is in the desert, supposedly, since he did that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. This crime was confessed by Sales, but never confirmed. He then left Nevada and headed to Amherst, New York, where he confessed to murdering Suzanne Cork. Corks. <laughs> wow. Age 27 in October 1987. In January 1988, while hitchhiking in Illinois, a man named Keith Darden tried to make friends with Sales, and he invited Sales to his home for dinner. Little did he know he would be Sales' next victim. Sales shot Dardine and then mutilated his penis. Oh, how did he mutilate it? He probably, like, shaved the skin off or cut his head off or something like that. Okay. He then murdered Dardine's three-year-old son, Pete, by beating him with a hammer. He Wait. Then, what? You want me to tell you a joke? What? Just because I heard about mutilated penis. Please don't be so... It's not. What? Okay. So, <laughs> this man walked into the doctor's office. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he told the doctor, he said, Doctor, I've got such a long penis that it hangs down so low and pulls on my vocal cords and it really makes my voice sound so stupid. Okay. Is there anything that can be done about it? And so the doctor said, yeah, you know, I think that there's, we can do that. We can trim it up, you know, cut some of it off, but still make it really, you know, still make it good for the wife. Mm-hmm. And, and it should cure it. So three weeks later, the man came back in and he said, Doc, I got to tell you that it really did help. You know, my voice is coming back and it's healing really well. But I was wondering if I could get the trimmed off part of my penis, you know, because my wife thought it'd be really cool to like, you know, like just to be showing to her friends whenever they come over. Are and the doctor serious? looked at him and said, yeah, I think it might be around here somewhere. <laughs> 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 who, who told you that? I don't know. I heard it somewhere. <laughs> How do you remember that? I don't thing? know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go. <laughs> Are we still? Yeah. Are we still on there? Yeah. <laughs> We're still recording. I'm not editing I'm that out. Making, <laughs> I'm just making sure because, like, you're on another page, so. Satisfied? Yeah, I'm set. Okay. Never mind. He then attempted to rape Dardine's pregnant wife, Elaine. Because of this attack... <clears throat> This made Elaine go into labor, and she gave birth to a baby girl. Aww. Um, well, both of them were murdered with the bat after oh. she gave birth, so she wasn't even alive for, like, a minute. Sales then shoved the bat up Elaine's vagina and put her and the, ba- and the baby in the bed and left. What was the purpose of that? I'm not sure... Because I think he's just whack, but... For 20 years, Sales was a transient serial killer. I thought you were going to say transvestite. No. Who managed to evade police. He was given the name the Coast to Coast Killer from how much he moved from place to place with his killings. He is also suspected of killing the following victims. 
Now, these names, I know I'm going to get like, I'm going to solve them wrong, but I can't help it. I'm just going through them. Melissa Tremblay in September 11th, 1988, a co-worker, unaware of the name, in 1989. Ten-year-old Joel Kirk in October 13th, 1997. Stephanie Mahaney in November 18th, 1997. Nine-year-old Mary Patrice in April 18th, 1999. And Haley McCone in May 23rd, 1999. Um, See, like all these killings, they didn't really have a story. I think they just, he confessed to them, so. Uh, So they're not all the way proven. I don't think, yeah, I don't okay. think they're all the way proven. On December 31st, 1999, in Guadia Bay Subdivision. You nailed it. <laughs> Perfection. West of Del Rio, Texas. Sale sexually assaulted, stabbed, and slit the throat of 13-year-old Kayleen Harris and slit the throat of 10-year-old Crystal Searles. Searle survived and received help from the neighbors after traveling a quarter mile to their home with a severed trachea. Wow. I can tell you I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't be. And how old was she? Ten. Wow. That is a bad mammoth little jabba. Yeah. Sales was apprehended after being identified from a sketch made from the women's description. Police over time came to suspect him of working the system by confessing to murders he did not commit. So some of, some of them weren't all the way true, but the state's attorney in Jefferson County, Illinois, declined to charge sales with the Dardeen family homicides in 1987 because he changed his statement three times and they didn't have enough evidence to charge him. On September 18, 2000, Sales pleaded guilty and was convicted of the capital murder of Kayleen Harris and attempted murder of Crystal Searles. He was sentenced to death. On September 17, 2003, Sales was indicted for the 1997 Greene County, Missouri murder of Stephanie Mahaney. Also, in 2003, Sales pleaded guilty to strangling to death nine-year-old Mary B. Perez of San Antonio. San Antonio. Antonio. It sounds better like that. No, it it? it doesn't. San Antonio, for which he received a life sentence. Sales was executed in Texas on April 3, 2014 at 6.27 p.m. by lethal injection. He declined to make a final statement. Yay. He, oh, you don't know his last meal? No, he probably didn't want one, but... Uh, no, actually, I think it was... I don't know. You know, I don't think I would eat anything before I'm, I die. I'm not sure. If I, I mean, it's not that. like that would be what I would just be, oh, I've got to have some, I, you know... Really want some chicken strips before? I mean, like I would probably. I'd probably be not that hungry. Honestly, if it was me, I'm the exact opposite, and I would probably eat anything that I can. So then they would have a bigger mess to clean up after. I would rather ask, like maybe, 
Could I do some LSD or something like that before I go? Like to get your mind off of it? Yeah. Yeah. Probably wouldn't even work on me because medicine never works on me. No. Well, it definitely works on me, so. All right. Well, that's well, that's what we it. got today. Okay, a few other things I thought of while you were doing. Okay. Oh, shoot. Sorry. Wow. Wow. Um. Yeah. A few other things, <laughs> as I was saying. Visit our Patreon page. Go to www.patreon.com and look at Bad in the Boondocks. We have a page there. And uh, join one of our tiers. Once we have one episode up as of now, once we get a patron, we will be adding more content to it. But not until we get a patron. Please go there. Please. It really does cost money to do this podcasting thing. <laughs> Who knew, right? But Who would really like you just to go on there? We have host fees. We have website fees. We have equipment fees. We started from scratch. So please go to Patreon. Support us there. Um, also, this week is sponsored by TNW Industries in Folkston, Georgia. That is who is is sponsoring our brand new website, which I'm creating. So that is your one-stop shop for all of your blasting and coating needs. Yep. So TNW, thank you. All right. So that's what we got for you today. Yep. I have been Stan. And I've been Drew. And I'll probably be Stan next time. <laughs> so yeah, you until always then, do that. I know. Like people, I, oh, I know. I'm, we're always going to be that. Maybe not. Well, I don't know. Whatever. Peace out. Shoot us an email. We'd like to hear from you. www. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Uh, badintheboondocks at gmail.com. Um, Twitter is at badboondocks. Facebook. Facebook.com backslash Bad the Moondocks. Comment. Write something. Comment. Write. Join our Patreon. Go to Patreon. Bad in the Boondocks. Look at our tiers. Once we have more patrons, we will add more content. Yeah, you said that. I know. I'm saying it again. <laughs> okay. You just, want me to say a, it one more time? Just a reminder. <laughs> no, I'm fine. All right. We love y'all. Thank you for listening. Till next time. See ya. See ya.